0: Yeah. It's Sunday, the 22nd of August. Welcome to our first segment of this afternoon's program. It is now 1.02 in the studio. I'm your host, Kieran Murdoch. Good afternoon. On this segment, we are talking about Marcus Garvey. Uh, He was born in Jamaica in 1887 on August 17th, according to most sources, uh, which would have been exactly 134 years ago on Tuesday last week. Uh, He became an internationally known political activist, publisher, journalist, entrepreneur, and orator. Uh, His philosophy was black nationalist and pan-Africanist. Agave has been described as the strongest voice that there has ever been for black nationalism and is viewed as amongst the fathers of pan-Africanist political thought. In pursuit of those ideals, he founded the Universal Negro Improvement Association, which sought the advancement of people of African ancestry around the world, and led the organization as it opened chapters in dozens of countries. Uh, His message was one of self-improvement and self-determination, and through his organization, Oration, and Publications, that message reached people of African descent globally. Uh, Garvey advocated black economic nationalism and repatriation to Africa, but he was controversial for his ideas about repatriation, among other things. His views were separatist. Uh, He saw a need for black nations to be established in Africa, where African people could hold belonger status under their own governance and responsible for their own economies. A great deal of his life was spent in the United States, where he took a dim view of those who promoted racial harmony in the Americas as the solution to the oppression and poverty experienced by people of African descent there. He was most active in the 1910s and 1920s. Uh, During this period, Africa remained colonized by seven European states that swept to power following a period of rapid conquest between 1881 and 1914. Uh, it was also the period of world war 1 which ran from 1914 to 1918 just giving you an idea of uh, the uh, the time which Garvey lived uh, some labeled his rhetoric violent and called him out for prejudice against mixed race people and jews but uh, he is overwhelmingly regarded as a pioneering figure of black political activism anti-colonialism and black pride uh, so on this segment we'll ask what is it that Marcus Garvey worked yeah. towards during his life and what is his legacy uh, we're happy to have with us this afternoon Mr. Dobrine Omad. Mr. Omad is a director and producer of theatre and music. He is a playwright, a columnist, and a calypso writer, a judge, and analyst. Uh, among his principal interests are Caribbean history and black political thought. Uh, he is a Pan-Africanist and is currently the chairman of Antigua and Barbuda's Reparation Support Commission. And we're happy to have him on with us this afternoon. Uh, good afternoon to you, Mr. Dobrin Omad. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Murdoch. Good afternoon to your listeners. And we also have joining us uh, Professor Clinton Hutton. Professor Clinton Hutton is the director of the Institute of Technological and Educational Research at the Miko University College and a retired professor of Caribbean political philosophy, culture and aesthetics at the University of the West Indies. Uh, He is an award-winning author and researcher and a noted painter and photographer. Uh, Good afternoon to you, Professor Clinton Hutton.
1: Good afternoon.
0: Uh, Mr. um I just want to ask uh, the, aniv- the anniversary of, of, of Marcus Garvey's birth is uh, perhaps not something a lot of people um, or a- as many people as perhaps should uh, take note of. Uh, but how important do you think it is uh, that we have uh, recognition an anniversary of his birth where we uh, examine his legacy uh, and delve into w- what he would have left for us?
2: Well, I think it's most important, um, what, especially at this point in time, we, we are in a period of witnessing a, a resurgence of Africa and CARICOM, African-Caribbean relationships. <laughs> And I think in in this present movement, this present resurgence that we, that that we're witnessing, that we need to understand the genesis of the movement. Um, we need to understand um, what what contributed to to to, to failures um, historically. Why that uh, linkage between Africa and the Caribbean is not as strong, I think, today as the events, even pre-Marcus Garvey, and all during Marcus Garvey's life and post that, um, all those events should have or heralded to us that these linkages should be, have been extremely strong and extremely productive. And I think that the, 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 the study of, of Garvey and the study of the movement, the UNI movement, etc., um, is will be extremely helpful in our analysis of that, this particular movement.
0: And uh, Professor Clinton Hutton, I just want to get your take on uh, the relevance of uh, actually uh, recognizing and celebrating uh, uh, figures like Marcus Garvey. But in this particular instance, Marcus Garvey.
1: Well, in, in, the, in the first place, the, the history that brought African peoples to where they are today, um, um have histories have deep significance for our state of being in the twenty first century and Marcus Garvey played a significant role in mobilizing people from the African diaspora and Africa. Uh, to deal with their redemption, with their freedom and sovereignty. And he has developed a philosophy that is extremely relevant in the 21st century to pursue the goal of understanding and discovering self, so that we are in a better position to look out for ourselves and to serve ourselves instead of those who historically abused us and those who have continued the legacy
0: of abuse one way or the other in the 21st century. Uh, coming back to you, Mr. Maud, um, i I'm, I'm particularly interested oftentimes when we are able to situ- situate historical figures in uh, a particular time period. Uh, today, of course, is, is very different uh, from the, uh, the time in which uh, Marcus Garvey and others uh, like him would have uh, been active. Um, It was a a far more oppressive world. Uh, It it was a far more uh, cruel and controlling world. And the freedoms that the people of African descent enjoy today, based on the work of of many people like Marcus Garvey throughout various countries around the world, uh, was not something that uh, somebody like him living in that time would have been born into. So my question is, um, what sort of world, if we're looking at 1887, uh, what sort of world would Marcus Garvey have been born into?
2: Yeah, this is an important, very, very important question because I think it helps us to understand him. It helps us to understand essentially why he was successful in such a short space of time. Um, he would reach to the United States um, of America around 1916, I think. This is after leaving Jamaica, 1911, traveling throughout um, Central um central central america central and south america then on to europe where he he worked for for a period of time and he worked for a period of time where, with a pan-Africanist, uh, Douzé Mohammed, who was a publisher, and he was a printer himself. But when he got to, the, got to the States around 1916, I think we have at least two sets of ideologies, maybe three sets of ideologies battling um, with each other as far as Africans um, in the U.S. and in the diaspora were, con- were concerned. Um, there was a whole integrationist movement that was particularly strong that taught that in the united states are post-slavery that it is individual work color perhaps and race was not important um, and there was also a nationalist movement that attempted or thought it important to establish um, for africans in the states to establish their own economic space whether that space was a state in the u.s a territory a settlement And there was also another tendency within all of this, which was sort of transformational. The idea that that the society, you know, post-enslavement in the States was changing and that the society would have have been transformed. We're talking about the leaders of these these different movements, um, Booker T. Washington, W.E. Dubois, et cetera and uh, so marcus this, this is what marcus Garvey moved into um we have to also understand that even prior to this the whole concepts of negritude and pan-africanism would have been established primarily by by primarily by caribbean persons i'm talking about um people amy cesare for example um edward wilmot blyden out of saint thomas george padmore so that these individuals had already established uh, negritude pan-africanism the first pan-african conference has already taken place since 1900 this is nearly two decades before Garvey. Uh, is is at his peak. And so he moves into this movement. And I think through his own abilities, his own skills, his own charisma, and his own framing of the message, is uh, in this environment, he developed what essentially I, I think up to now has been the largest movement of African people anyway in 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 in, in, in the diaspora. And so he was able to Piggyback might not be a, a good word, but you are certainly able to take a lot of those concepts and develop them um, within a national frame framework. And we will notice that perhaps as his movement grew, it it it, it sort of became more nationalist, more nationalist al- along the way, more separatist as far as the thinking about racist is concerned.
0: Uh, and Professor Clinton Hutton uh, on the issue of the the period into which Marcus Garvey was born and um, the environment at that time and how that would have affected his political thought and and the work that he sought to do. Uh, what can you tell us about that historical period, its realities, and and how that would have influenced him?
1: Well, well, Garvey was born between two periods. Um, when he was born, slavery almost not totally came to an end. He was born one year before slavery was abolished in Brazil, nine years um, um, after slavery was abolished in Cuba, and 49 years after slavery was abolished in the British Caribbean. So after over 350 years of Africans being taken out by their millions, into the Americas, um, to work, to create the wealth that built Europe, God was born. He was born two years after the Berlin Conference, in which European powers, right. led by Otto von Bismarck, um, sought to peacefully, without <laughs> fighting amongst themselves, to draw look at a map and to divide Africa amongst the European powers, which led now not just to taking of people outside of Africa as done during slavery, but now to colonially settled Africa and to to to, um, to transform Africa from its original nationalities and nation states into into states, uh, colonial states, um, with boundaries set by the European powers. Um, He was born in a period in which the Congolese people were suppressed. Over 10 million Congolese within 30 years were were exterminated by the the, the Belgians. Um, The division of of um, what is now called Nigeria, which is really not a state in itself, it's a European um, creation, the subjection of people in West Africa, amongst the French, amongst the Germans, the British, Um, in East Africa, the Italians and North Africa. So this is the period, In which God was born the total subjugation of African peoples, whether they be on the continent or outside of the continent. This is the world in which he was born in. And this is the world in which he sought to rectify, to change. And is 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 is, is I mean, from my reading of, of, of Gavi, um one of one of the main bases of his uh philosophy is that. Africans cannot change the world around them if they failed to change the world within them, the colonial world within them. The question is to what extent the colonial world still exists within us. Uh,
0: And and Mr. Dobreen Omad, Marcus Garvey wrote and he spoke uh, and uh, he he, he pushed uh, for there to be uh, independent black nations. Uh, I mean, he had uh, a conception of this as to how it would work in Africa. Uh, but more broadly, um, I, I would say that his his part of his political thought and part of his political emphasis was the idea that uh, there ought to have been independent black nations uh, responsible for their own affairs and responsible for the destiny of, of African peoples. Um, I'm curious, uh, in your own reflection, um, to what extent do you believe that in 2021 uh, that has been successfully achieved, that we have uh, independent black nations that are successfully uh, uh, guiding the destiny of black people?
2: Well, well, certainly very successful. If we look um, in, in just in, in, in sheer numbers of the number of political independent um, countries, um, certainly in the diaspora, and on the continent itself but i think in 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 making that observation we also have to note the large number of colonies still existing within our caribbean space Um, and i think the majority of colonies in the world today are existing within our Caribbean space. You know, the British colonies, and Anguilla, Turks, and Caicos, Cayman, in the Atlantic, of course, Bermuda. Um, we have the French colonies, um, Martinique, Guadeloupe, Cayenne. Um, we, we have the American colonies, the U.S. Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico. Um, I'm leaving out what, and the dutch colonies saint martin saber and 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 the other dutch antilles and so to a certain extent yeah the movement towards independence at least political independence has been fairly successful but we still have work to do to deal with the existing colonization that still exists within our region um and and this is existing of course against um international international um standings on on the whole question of colonialism the united nations has moved against it Has taken i mean we're in what about i think about the fifth deck or the fifth decade or the fifth writing of the anti-colonial uh, call out of the United Nations. So yes, successful, but still with, with, with lots of work to be done here within the Caribbean. Mm.
0: Uh, and uh, Professor Clinton Hutton, uh, there, are, there are many people who would look around and lament the state of of uh, nations around the world where uh, you have, of course, a black majority, whether they're in Africa or the Caribbean, that's where you would find such nations. Uh, the state of, of African peoples uh, many times nations that are plagued by poverty, political dysfunction. Um, so in, in h- how does that reconcile with the, I suppose, the aspirations of Marcus Garvey for uh, successful uh, 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 nations uh, leading the way in terms of the destiny of African peoples? Yes, um,
1: sadly to say, we cannot separate uh, what these African states and, and African diasporic states are today from the legacy of colonialism. Uh, we can't separate it from the issue of of development. Um, we can't separate it from the issue of what happened after most of these states became independent, politically independent states. We can't separate it. I mean Jam- let us let us take a case of Jamaica.
0: Some eighty
1: percent of the Jamaican population um, was illiterate after the British left. The British came to Jamaica and conquered it from the Spanish in in seven in, in sixteen fifty five. In 1962 despite the population of black people working to establish which which wealth established universities all across all across Britain and the rest of Europe in Jamaica in 1962 some 80% of the population could not read and write most people the overwhelming majority have not seen the door of a high school. In fact, it is after 1962 Jamaican governments had to borrow to actually build high schools, to train teachers, et cetera, et cetera. So that the colonial mess left by the British are things, well, these are things that we have to continue to grapple with because developmentally the british and the french and the other color, uh, colonial powers walked away from these these territories and the people in these territories without any mode of of um any any form of of uh, of ways and capital for the development of these emerging nation states this is something we can't separate from ourselves from we can we cannot separate poverty today from the historic poverty that emerged for centuries i mean jamaica has now what 59 years of independence and 60
0: years. we have
1: had Hoover, we have had four 468 years of colonial subjection in jamaica 464 uh, four eighty four in yeah. jamaica right so, so so independence in 1962 50, 50 what, 59 years F- compared to 464 years of working people for most of the time without pay, without being able for, for, for parents to pass on to their children and their children's children the fruit fruits of their labor. That, mo- that wealth does not disappear. That wealth built infrastructure sent millions to schools in Europe build schools, build roads, built build, build railroads, all sorts of things. Uh, establish the banking sector. And, and therefore in the British case, in in 19, in in in, in, in eighteen thirty four, when when the, the law for independence was for emancipation was passed. Part of that process was to hand back to the slaveholders, not those who were impoverished for centuries, the slaveholding class, twenty million pounds, which they only the British government only managed to repay the debt on that loan in 2015.
0: Uh, Professor Clinton Hutton, let, um, let me pivot for a second there. I want to I ask um, Mr. um on the issue of uh, uh, Marcus Garvey and his uh, emphasis on uh, economics and business because he was an entrepreneur uh, and, and that was part of the reason he was, um, he was well noted uh, in terms of his entrepreneurial activities. Uh, how important do you think, especially for someone living at that time, uh, that it was uh, that he had a philosophy of uh, self-empowerment uh, through through ownership, through entrepreneurialism, through economics. And uh, how would you say that correlates to, to uh, a place like Antigua and Barbuda today?
2: Well, really the 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 approach hasn't really changed um the importance of 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 gavi's approach let's call it towards independence um really hasn't changed he built his movement essentially around well certainly cultural activities um and commercial activities. He saw commercial activities as as moving Africans towards economic independence. Um, but he, 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 he wasn't just an entrepreneur in that sense because he also understood the need for education and the need for training to, to, to support his, his commercial both commercial and 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 cultural activities and so that whole movement and the, the shape of the movement and 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 the, the the relationships between the various aspects of the movement the cultural aspects the commercial aspects he also established a social system for mutual aid um uh, among um, among his members um and and that that shape and that platform really really hasn't changed it it is what we must also be be aspiring um to in 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 our independent nations the whole question of our definitions of self who we are in terms of understanding of 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 our culture and the whole idea of the movement towards economic independence. Um, it is within the understanding of culture where, where Gabi um, sees the need to de- develop you know, self-esteem to 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 inculcate to inculcate pride, colour, pride. Um, in, in 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 black men and and black men and black women i think in essence that we are talking about a movement that saw as an end result the redemption of African people in the diaspora and on the continent and 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 all those all, all that thinking still needed today very much so in our independent in our independent countries I think it's important, you know, just to to to, to piggyback a bit on Professor's um, analysis of how we moved into independence. That that whole idea of that 20 million pound and the understanding of what education was like at the colonial mess after the the, the British left this the, the, this area. Um, we must always go back to Arthur lewis who 1938 in Labour in that little pamphlet, Labour in the West Indies, told the British government that these countries, these colonies are moving towards independence and they're going to need help to establish that economic independence, to move towards development, to 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 to, to get to, to become technologically more advanced. And the British government says, yeah, but where are we, where are we going to find money for that? And Eric, well, I'm sorry, I always said to them, listen, you have 200 years of unpaid labor to this region. That is the money. And this is the basis of our reparations claim today. That is the money that this region needs to pull itself out of the, on the development that you're leaving it in the mess that you're leaving it in to deal with the intergenerational poverty that exists within this region and so that, that all those ideas are clearly intermingled and, and 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 must be part of the focus of our developmental
0: trust and Professor Clinton Hutton um, on the issue as uh, as mr debrino modd mentions the issue of 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 that 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 mentality, that psychology of, uh, of black pride and black self-worth. Um, do you think, or, or rather, let me ask, to what extent have we um, absorbed and manifested that uh, today, uh, being a, a, a descendants of people who um, experienced uh, that psychological repression of slavery in terms of uh, you know self-hate of ourselves, our features, um uh, everything about ourselves. How, to what extent do you think that 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 self-love and self-pride has manifested in the 21st century?
1: It's a mix. We are still a, we still have a far way to go. Um, frankly, I have been teaching all my life and um, the philosophy of education in, in the Caribbean um, is found wanting. Um, we have made progress. There is no doubt about that. But we are still a far way to go. We have a far way to go because we have been taught formally and informally for the the 484 years of, of colonial subjection. We have been taught to hate ourselves. I mean and there are many many examples around then and now i mean we should be grateful for slavery look at where we are today blacks are involved in every line of work we even have white employees i say that the best thing that ever happened in the life time of my four parents was being taken across the middle passage so that their descendants us could make something of ourselves this is a high school student in jamaica no right so so we have a far way to go and 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 it's not these students that's not our failure it's the failure of our education system to consistently battle in the classroom, in the agents of socialization, the type of colonial uh, desecration of the black body that, that continuously pervaded uh, the, 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 the education space of these Caribbean Isles. From, from the days of slavery and before that until the 21st century.
0: Mm. Uh, and Mr. Dubrino Nomad, uh, if I could bring you back in, um, if we focus back now uh, on the, the legacy of Marcus Garvey, uh, I just want your insights, your personal feelings as to uh, you know, what, what, what particularly stood out to you about his life and his work and where you think we see his legacy today. Well, his legacy,
2: I think, in, in 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 perhaps an organizational sense, a religious sense, um, is found in this region within the, the Rastafari movement. Um, the the understanding of, of of pride, the recognition of the beauty of of our African people. Um, I I think, yeah, in, in thinking of it in this way. Is perhaps best stated today um, within the Rastafari movement. It's after Gabby, who twenty let less uh, after after he, his run-in with the law and the frame framing him, etc., we witnessed a, a, an attempt, both in the states and here in this Caribbean, to legislate to 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 put into legislation the whole ideas of the resettlement of african people in in uh, uh, on the continent and so we have had movements to liberia well liberia would have been before before gavi but after that in terms of the influence we had the voluntary legislation Pertaining to the voluntary settlement of African Negroes in West Africa, 1942 in Jamaica, we had a reparation bill. Sorry, the repatriation bill of Jamaica and the West Indies, Um, and we 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 are seeing that influence also. Through popular culture, it, it, a lot of it resides in popular culture, um, in the music of our, 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 our calypsonians and in, in, in the reggae music and in, 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 in the, the music of, of Jamaica in particular, and, and that has become essentially a, a worldwide music. Um, to me, Gaby's particular value, or, or, or to me. Um, it's really about this whole question of our self-esteem is about loving oneself loving one's country of striving regardless of 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 the odds of striving towards the whole concepts of, of the concept of nationhood. That, that to me, um, I, I think is his strongest influence.
0: And very briefly, Mr. Omar, before I go back to Professor Clinton Hutton, um, uh, somebody asked me to, to ask you about um, Garvey's, uh, uh, his, his work in, in terms of, 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 of the arts. Uh, I was told that he was involved in, in propelling West Indian theatre uh, to a place of, of greater prominence.
2: Yes. um, Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember. He had a very famous play. I think it was called The King, The King and I. No, The King and I is something else. I can't remember the name of the play. But in the history of of Caribbean theater, um, some of the earliest pieces that we have documented are are essentially pieces that came out of of, of his movement. Seize the King, is that it? There was a strong cultural link um, along with the strong religious link um with the African orthodox church, for example of of alexander maguire um and so yeah both that 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 cultural link and the religious link came out of the movement
0: is it Seize the king i, I did a quick search i um
2: i i 'm trying to remember the name of the play <laughs>
0: At uh, no. uh, 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 the meantime, um, Professor Clinton Hutton, um, a similar question in what what perhaps stands out most to you about the life and work of Marcus Garvey and where do you think we see his legacy manifested in the world today?
1: Well, um, what what is very much uh, important to me is Garvey's philosophy of being, philosophy of existence, of personhood. Um, in, his, in his view that man's first duty to himself is to discover himself and that is exceedingly important it was important then it is important now adjoined to that is his view that our primary duty is to emancipate our minds because it is the mind that makes the man that is to say as a man think it, or a woman think it, so is he. And therefore, one's belief system, what one believes, how one is educated, is important in shaping one's identity and therefore one's action. That's, that's, that's what's important then. I think it is equally important now. But 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 Garvey's uh, is is legacy is is very rich. The Rastafarian movement came out of the Marcus Garvey movement. The independence movement in Africa um, led and, and led by people in 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 Kenya like Kenyatta in in Ghana um, in, in 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 South Africa in the ANC and. These all sprung from the inspiration and the views and the organization and mobilization of blacks by by um, by Garvey, and certainly, if you look at the civil rights movement in the United States and views of Martin Luther King, and, and he spoke himself about the impact of Garvey and his own development and Malcolm X, who is partially Caribbean in his models from Grenada. Um, these persons have had a very important um, stake and, 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 and perpetuators of the legacy of, of, of Marcus Garvey. So his legacy is rich, still rich, is influencing the Black Lives Matter uh, movement and, and other movements around the world. So so the 21st century, Garvey is, um, has
0: proven to be quite relevant. Uh, with that, we're going to end this segment here. I, I think, of course, we could uh, have had a, uh, a whole show devoted to this, but we only had 40 minutes. I want to thank both of our guests for joining us this afternoon. Mr. Dobrino Mad, Uh He's a director, producer of theater and music. He's a playwright, columnist, and also a Calypso writer, judge, and analyst. Uh, He's also a Pan-Africanist, and he is Antiguan Barbuda's Chairman of the Reparations Support Commission. Uh, We were also joined uh, by Professor Clinton Hutton, uh, who is Director of the Institute of Technological and Educational Research at the Miko University College. He's a retired Professor of Caribbean Political Philosophy, Culture, and Aesthetics at the University of the West Indies. Uh, Thanks to both of you for joining us this afternoon. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you.